Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets finally. Lamar Jackson signs his contract finally, and the Ravens start giving him receivers to work with for the first time in his career. A former MVP now with receiving talent around him. And John, it just strikes me, this might be a good time for the Vikings to be good. And what do I mean by that? I mean the imbalance between the conferences highlighted by the the quarterback quality in the two conferences really opens up the NFC uh, for contenders. Anybody who plays well is going to have a legitimate chance to get the NFC title game. Uh, There are only, to me, only two powerhouses in the NFC. You can make an argument there are about eight to ten teams in the AFC that either are or could become powerhouses because of the quarterback situation or the quality of their rosters. Let's dive into that here on the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Our producer is Brandon Morton. This is TalkNorth.com. Find all of our shows at the website, or if you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Uh, We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Uh, thanks to Aquarius, and thanks to TSR Injury Law and Star Bank, and thank you for listening. By the way, our Chin Music Show, our baseball show, will be live at the Loon Cafe, 5.30, Friday night before the Cubs game. We'll be on 5.30 to 6.30, so you can either catch us coming from wherever you work, or you can catch us on your way to the game. We'll give away a Twins gift, either a bobblehead or a Carlos Correa bat, something. We'll give away some kind of Twins novelty item for the best question asked during the show. So come on out, check us out. We do appreciate it. So I was just looking at it, John. You know, now you move Rodgers from NFC to AFC, and I did, and he didn't play well last year, but still, he's Aaron Rodgers. Right. Yep. Lamar Jackson's locked in long term, and I mean, good lord, you, the AFC has Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Tua, who went Tua was healthy last year, he was brilliant, and the Dolphins yep. were very hard to beat. You still have Bill Belichick over there. You now you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Mike Tomlin, you have Deshaun Watson, who is reprehensible as he is, might end up being a good quarterback again. Trevor Lawrence might be one of the rising players in the league. The Colts draft Anthony Richardson, the best athlete in the draft. The you know the Texans get C.J. Stroud and a bunch of high draft choices. Russell Wilson with Sean Payton could be something. Uh, even the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo, they might be actually considered somewhat dangerous in the NFC. In the AFC, they're an afterthought. Then you look at the NFC, uh, the NFC North, let's face it, this it does not look like a very good division right now outside the Vikings. Um, and there really were two dominant teams in the NFC last year. The Eagles and Hurts had a great season. They have a much tougher schedule this year. Uh, I think they're probably still the best team, but it's not going to be as easy for them. The 49ers had the highest point differential in the NFL. They were plus 173. By the way, the Vikings were minus three. The the 49ers were plus 173. They won their last 10 regular season games and two playoff games. And the last seven of those games, they they won with Mr. Irrelevant quarterbacking them. Uh, It just feels like to me, if the Vikings – can do what you should do in the second year of a program and get better. They, there's just there aren't that many obstacles between them and doing something special. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. It's it is wide open in the NFC. Um, I would even say like I think San Francisco has at least a little bit more of a question. Just is Brock mm-hmm. Purdy coming back from the injury? Are they going to have to play Sam Darnold? Like what what's going to happen at quarterback there? Kyle Shanahan always finds a way. It seems like with his quarterbacks, but still that is a question mark that they have that maybe makes them a little less bulletproof than they were certainly last year. Um, And so 
that even cracks the door open on on number two a little bit. And so this is a conference that sets up for if the Vikings can address a lot of their defensive issues, if Brian Flores is the guy who who kind of masterminds a new scheme, if they get some real production out of some of the young players that they drafted um, and and some of the changes that they made from a, from a roster standpoint defensively, they should have every chance to be really good and be a factor in the playoffs because you do have Cousins coming back. You now have Jordan Addison joining a, an explosive offense. You have weapons all around. I think the offensive line is improved. Um, and so it's all right there for them. And, you know, you may sometimes you do anticipate a little bit of a step back in year two of a new coach and a new regime just at, during a recalibration type thing. But given where the rest of the division is and where the rest of this conference is, I mean, they should go into this these summer workouts and preparing for training camp, believing that they can enter this season and be a team that gets into the playoffs and 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 can win some games because there's just no one else out there who really scares you. Uh, the depth of this conference is really shallow right now, so why not step up and, and try to make something happen here? I did a piece last summer pointing out that most – Successful Viking coaches had their breakthrough season, and well, most co- breakthrough NFL coaches or good NFL coaches had their breakthrough in the second year, kind of after mm-hmm. they had gotten things installed, after they'd weeded out the roster of players they didn't really want, and they really made a jump the second year. Not every case, like Denny Green, was great right away, uh, but a lot of coaches that's the process one year of figuring things out, the next year of being good. Now, Kevin O'Connell kind of got to have both. He he won 13 games his first year, but I think that pattern could hold true and that I think this team could be better both offensively and defensively in second year. Offensively, because they had long lulls last year where they didn't score in the second and third quarters. They made some games closer than they needed to be before they or they rally in the fourth quarter to pull one out. I think the offense can be much more consistently good in the second year. And defensively, they could make a jump from one of the worst to maybe a middle middle of the pack type defense with Brian Flores and have seen and Booth come along and some of their other acquisitions uh, pan out. I could see this team improving. I don't know what that, I don't know what that would mean for victory total. It's hard to beat 13, but I could see this being a better team overall. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost hard to be worse defensively than they were. I mean, and so like, there's nowhere to go, but up and, and, you know, cause I, it's funny, like I've been thinking about this, uh, quite a lot over the last couple of weeks and just trying to get my mind around where this Vikings team is and, and, and what's going forward. And at, at, you know, at, at some point I look at, you know, I was looking at, gosh, they lost Patrick Peterson and, you know, dancers not back. And all of these, all of these defensive backs are, are gone. And so what are they going to do? Like, how are they, how are they going to recover from that? But at, then you realize that they had the worst scoring defense in the league last year. So, it's not like they're losing, you know, guys from the steel curtain and, and that, you know, that they're, they're going to have to scramble to replace super productive guys. I think Patrick Peterson was a really good player here, but certainly it didn't help them from a defensive standpoint, um, you know, kind of win any games. And so, um, so in that respect, you can have some optimism going into this summer in terms of the new coordinator, 
Brian Flores, you know, having the ability to install a more of a game plan that really helps them, but also that, hey, maybe they just needed some new blood in in general. And I love Eric Hendricks, but maybe it was time, you know, um, and and maybe they just need some new faces in here to to bring a different attitude and a different aggressiveness and a new and I think the new coordinator is going to be first in, you know, foremost in doing that and establishing that. So that that I like a lot. And I, I, I at least my I'm keeping my mind open to the possibilities that yet, yeah, like you said, maybe they jump into the 15, 16, 17 um, and the defense rankings or creep up into that uh, the lower part of the of the top half of, of the league in defensive rankings and how much of a difference that would make. The other part, though, that we have to acknowledge is, as you said, too, that they they had a minus point differential and were 13 and four. So they could be theoretically they could be better as a team from top to bottom from a talent aspect and from a balance aspect of offense and defense. But they may end up not winning as many games just because they they had so much good fortune. I won't call it luck because I think they earned a lot of those victories, not the Buffalo one, but they weren't earned a lot of them. Um, they had so much good fortune go their way that are they going to have that again? And so that's why they're going to have to be more talented. So maybe you can find your way out of having so many one score games and having every game come down to the last three minutes and, and hope you squeak it out. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, the Vikings are going through OTAs, all kinds of other things out at the facility right now. It made me wonder uh, at this point of the season, who you think the most pivotal offensive and defensive player for the Vikings is uh, going into this stretch of time. Uh, I think we'll, I already have my answers. I'll give John a chance to think about his answers to that. Uh, you know, we didn't really get to it in our extensive five-second uh, pre, pre-show pre meeting. So I'll give John a th- chance to think about it right now. Once again, I want to remind you, 5.30 on Friday, Chin Music, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, a giveaway. It'll be a blast. Stop by if you get a chance on your way to the Cubs game. And also want to let you know that we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. And we want to thank Aquarius Homes Services. It's back. The Aquarius Home Services and Connecticut Customer Appreciation and Open House event is happening Friday, May 5th through Sunday, May 7th. Connecticut water treatment systems up to 30% off. Salt and water filters, 20% off. New heating and cooling systems up to 25% off. And bring in your water sample for a free water analysis. It's the Aquarius Connecticut Open House event, May 5th through 7th in Little Canada at 694 and 35E. Details at AquariusHomeServices.com. Also, I thank longtime sponsor TSR Injury Law. They also sponsor the John Krasinski show and other shows across the network. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. All you need, really need to know is that uh, if you're injured, you're going to need good help, ethical help, immediate help. They can help you. They will not charge you unless they win your case. And they win so many cases, they've become a great Minnesota success story, 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. 
For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares, starbank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. So, John, again, while you're thinking about it, I will say that the most pivotal player on the offense for me, and not not best, not most impo- not uh, necessarily uh, most high end, just kind of the player who could make the biggest difference from last year. I'm going to throw out a couple uh, names that might seem like oddities, and I'll explain my choices. Offense, I think Jordan Addison might be that guy if he acclimates. So you're saying he's better than Justin Jefferson already? I, huh? wow. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, why not jump out ahead of myself here? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think that given that Jefferson is pretty much a given, given that KJ Osborne, I think is, is such a solid guy and a solid receiver. You kind of know what you're getting from him. Um, you kind of know what you're getting from Hawkinson. I think the offensive line will be very similar to last year. Maybe not great, but probably good enough. We know what you're getting in cousins. Uh, although I don't expect Alvin cook to be back. I think the running back position will be productive enough for this form of an offense, just like the Rams won a Super Bowl and the Chiefs have won Super Bowls without really a a true lead back. Uh, So I'm going to say Addison, if Addison steps in and performs well right away, all of a sudden this team becomes incredibly hard to defend. Uh, Three quality receivers, a quality tight end, an experienced quarterback in his second year in the offense. I think I think he could make a huge difference. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I'll I'll have another selection, but yeah. um, but I think like you're right. And here's what I like about the Addison choice is that um, because you already have Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne ahead of him, two veteran guys. Jefferson maybe the best in the league or second best, however you want to parse it, and then Osborne, who's a proven guy there. You don't need Addison to come in and be a major primary weapon right away. So he can kind of find his way. He's going to get favorable matchups against the secondaries because they're going to devote so much more of their attention, especially to Jefferson and Hawkinson um, in the passing game. And so he's likely going to get up against a third or fourth cornerback and have a chance to, to really do some damage that way. He is a really good route runner. So I think like maybe the learning curve will be a little bit uh, not not quite as steep for him as f- for some other rookie receivers who sometimes take some time to figure things out uh, in the league. And so I just think that if he can, he doesn't have to be Chris Carter in his prime, but if he can be a guy who you at, you just have to worry about, like that's, that's going to be a, a big thing for the Vikings is making sure that opposing defensive coordinators have to say, hey, if we lose – uh, sleep, or if we uh, if if we kind of turn our head and lose focus, uh, this kid Addison is going to burn us, and and so that should make things important. You know, help him get be productive, but also should open things up for others if that if that can be a factor early on. Agreed. Uh, do you want to go with your offensive pick now, yeah. or should I give you my defensive? Pick? I'll go with my offense right now. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to say Ed Ingram, and kind of like the same way of like I, you know, obviously. You know, even on the offensive line, Darisaw and O'Neal are are the big uh, kind of bookend guys and 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 the money makers. But I just think that you need to see Ed Ingram take a big step forward. All the penalties last year, all of the missed assignments, um, he was certainly a weak link uh, on that offensive line, and I do think made it harder for Dalvin Cook to get going sometimes. Uh, in the Vikings offense. And so 
they've got to get more consistent production from him. And if they do, if he takes a leap this next year, if he is more comfortable, thankfully playing with all the same five guys um, that he played with last year, if there is more familiarity, if he's just more reliable and consistent, I think that can really help Kirk Cousins, can really help this offense take another step and 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 become even more explosive because how many times did we see last year some, uh, an opposing defensive lineman in the backfield and Ed Ingram trying to chase him from 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 behind like that's that's just going to have to be a a weak link that is addressed and if he takes that step all of a sudden that offensive line is much more formidable. And then in turn, the offense in general is, is, is a lot more dangerous. And to sound that theme, I will offer my pivotal defensive player and it's, Ingram needs to play well to help justify that first draft. Uh, Lewis seen and Andrew Booth have to play well to justify that first draft. I'm going to say, I think the easy guy to pick would be Booth because if he comes out of nowhere, uh, not playing at all last year. It makes a difference at cornerback. That solves a lot of problems for this franchise. But I'm going to go with Seen. He was the first-round draft choice. Uh, they did not get really a lot of good play out of uh, that position next to Harrison Smith last year. Cam Bynum made some big plays, but I don't think he was consistently good. Uh, I think if Lewis Seen steps in and plays like a first-round draft pick next to Harrison Smith, he helps Harrison Smith extend the effectiveness of his career. He covers up for mistakes. I think he gives Brian Flores, who loves versatile players. He loves blitzing from odd places. He loves disguising coverages, uh, creating turnovers. I think if Lewis Seen could help in all those ways, if he steps forward and gives you a great dynamic safety position between the two of them, uh, that, that, you know, that at least slows down opposing offenses. Last, last year, it felt like opposing offenses could do whatever they want, whenever they want. Yeah, it's, it's a great pick. Um, and, and I'll, I'll even kind of go to, you know, take another, uh, angle on this in terms of like, this is important for, uh, for Quasi as well, because he could have taken Kyle Hamilton in the first round. And and he he ended up trading down, taking Lewis scene and Hamilton played really well for the Ravens um, as a rookie and and really kind of stepped in to that to that defensive backfield and and looked like he belonged right away. And now scene obviously had the injury, so we don't know if he would have done that or not, but it was a risk for Quasi to trade down at that spot at a position of need pass up a player who was very highly thought of by analysts and mock drafters, all the, and all those people, and then have a team that has a history of just hitting on draft picks, pick him. And he, and he looked pretty darn good in, in his rookie season. So um, to, to slide back the way that they did and then a allow the lions to take Jamison Williams and then B pass on Kyle Hamilton, um, I think, and then you, you take a, a, a safety lower, um, that you, you gotta, you, you gotta justify that move. And so I think that this is an important season for seeing, it will probably be rusty coming back from all of that time off, but he is big. He's strong. He's athletic. Uh, he has all the tools. Let's just see if he can put it together. Right. 
Your pick. Yeah, my pick. I'm gonna say um, I, I I'm I'm torn a little bit between I want to say Daniil Hunter, um, just because it feels like you know he was top ten in pressures last year, but it still feels like they, there's there's some meat on the bone from the old Daniil Hunter that we haven't seen yet. And it would absolutely help this defensive line and this defense in general. If he comes back, maybe he gets a restructured deal. He's happy. And he, uh, and he really produces at a high level. I think that would change a lot for this defense, but I think I'm just going to go with Byron Murphy jr. Just because, Hey man, you know, somebody's got to step up on the, from from a cornerback perspective and he's the one just obvious no doubter okay they signed this guy he's going to be a starter right from day 1 he's got to give that unit and that 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 position grouping some real consistency some playmaking and 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 just some solid effort um yeah who knows what we're going to get from Caleb Evans from Andrew Booth Joe Williams from the rookie Makai Blackman, like all these guys, there's just so many question marks there, but Byron Murphy feels like there aren't that many question marks and he has to be as reliable as he feels right now because uh, this is a totally reworked defensive backfield with some injury his- history issues and, and, and some youth and all of those things. So Murphy's got to step in as the veteran guy, and just lead that group and and be super reliable for them. One more topic for today. Next week, uh, we will get into uh, some of the key positions, either key position battles or pivotal positions for this team going forward. Uh, for today, I just wanted to express my condolences to ESPN. Mm. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> the trade went through. Lamar Jackson has signed. I have no idea what they're going to talk about uh, for 18 hours a day from now on because swear to God, every time I turn on the TV the last few months, it was Aaron Rodgers and Lamar or Lamar and Aaron Rodgers. And now with the NFL draft gone, with those things settled, I mean, they might actually have to cover another sport. I mean, maybe, maybe, I, I, they'll probably be calling Tom Brady every day and just say, hey, are, do you, you, you want to come back? Are you thinking <laughs> about it at least? Like, can we at least say that you're not fully committed to retirement and you're, you're at least giving this another thought? You know, some sort of way to inject some sort of drama into it because that, yes, they're, they're two main sources of speculation and um and drama and all that are, are are gone now and so where where do they manufacture it next but that's why they get paid the big bucks jim they are so creative they will find a way to 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 make to to, to make something happen um and make it a bigger deal than than it should be and uh that's what they do and they do it really well dan orlevsky's uh, life depends on it <laughs> He's John Krasinski. I'm Jim Suhan. Thanks to Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon to tell you more about the Vikings and the NFL. Again, check out the John Krasinski show. Check out Chin Music, our baseball show. And just go to talktoward.com. You'll find shows on outdoors, variety, and sports world that you will like. And we do appreciate it.